Today's episode is brought to you by Nin. Nin is a cutting-edge synthetic nicotine pouch brand that's setting the new standard for nicotine pouches in the U.S. with its lineup of zero tobacco nicotine pouches backed by a management team with a proven track record of success in the nicotine and tobacco industry. Nin aims to revolutionize the nicotine category for businesses and consumers by offering an industry-leading product that's backed by innovative technology, high-impact branding, and category expertise. They are maintaining a new era of nicotine products that take people's lives to the next level beyond the tobacco leaf. The inevitable conclusion is the complete removal of all harmful components of tobacco plants by redefining the customer experience. At NIM, their mission is to help spearhead the evolution away from tobacco and towards smarter nicotine alternatives. NIM comes in a few great flavors like cinnamon, wintergreen, spearmint, coolmint, and citrus chill. All flavors are available in three or six milligram strengths, large 34 millimeter pouches, 20 pouches per can, five cans per sleeve, 18 sleeves per case, so 90 cans total. They are the new era of nicotine, the evolution of nicotine. They are nicotine innovated. Think about it, life beyond the leaf, pure nicotine satisfaction. With Nin, you can live life beyond the leaf. There are better ways to enjoy nicotine without tobacco. Zero tobacco, pure nicotine satisfaction. The real tobacco-free nicotine pouches are with Nin. So go to ninpouches.com. That is N-I-I-N pouches.com. Remember, Nin, live life beyond the leaf. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP John Paz. With me today is a very special guest, former PWA heavyweight and world tag team champion. He is, of course, a former WCW superstar. He is Mr. Charlie Norris. Charlie, welcome to the two-man power trip. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. So what's going on? What have you been up to? What's going on in your world? 
Well, I live in downtown Minneapolis here, and you know, all went down here. I don't know when that was, when that police thing happened. So it's kind of a pretty dangerous place right now. Um, but, you know, I live downtown. I got my own little condo here, so I'm good, you know. Just got to be careful. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's getting to be a crazy world out there, especially over, uh, you know, in, in your area, for sure. Oh, uh, um. Yeah, that happened just like not even two miles from where I lived. So it was pretty scary for a little while. It still is, actually. There's cars racing around. The cops ain't pulling anybody over because they're just letting the petty stuff go, I guess. And so, yeah, it's, it's got to be careful, you know. Crazy world uh, we we now live in, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, we do. We do. We live in a godless world right now. I mean, there's people, good people. I'd say 5% of the population get it and 95 percent are jerk um they're i don't know i don't want to call them any names they're um zombies they're zombies walking around just don't have a clue so yeah it's hard you know i, I grew up here in a lot of indian reservation in the city i grew up in red lake minnesota indian reservation in northern minnesota and uh you know i got a i got a house there and so i i can I like the city and I like the country. I like both, man. You know. As far as wrestling, are, have you done anything wrestling related lately? Like, are you still staying in touch with the business and still doing stuff with wrestling? Yeah, I'm. Uh, um, when I when I, I had to sue WCW to get my money, they owed me and all this and that, and I got it. But uh, we're, it was a non-disclosure agreement that we had, and. It was like, I don't know how long ago Eric Bischoff was on someone's podcast. Rick Flair's son-in-law or somebody, something like that. And Rick Rich, uh, Bishop just goes on about eight minutes about me. And I'm like, why is he talking about me for? That was a long time ago, you know. So I then I started, did, I did one podcast and I led to another one and I did uh, two autograph things. I went out there actually two weeks ago, I think it was. Not even two weeks ago out there to Hartford, Connecticut in... Uh, did a thing over the internet with uh, Nick Maskey, I think his name is, or I don't know how to say his last name, but um, but yeah, um, and then I did a we did a Women's of Nations uh, homeless shelter here for the Native American women, and uh, in St. Paul we did that um, the 13th of November, and Jerry Lawler was here, Kurt Angle was here, Jerry Lawler actually wrestled that night, and Kurt Angle didn't wrestle, and Tatanka was here. And we raised, uh, I think, right around $40,000 for that homeless shelter. But it was really great, a good turnout. With AEW in town that night, sold out here, I think. And to draw that many people over there in St. Paul, it was great. You know, it was probably over 3,500 people paid at the door, I think. But there was more. And for us to do, for them to do that here in town against the competition, you know, AEW, who's got a chance against them? They got TV. But they had a great crowd, and it was a good for a good cause. And myself and Eddie Sharkey were there. Um, oh, geez, there's, there's more guys there. But there was tons of people there, I mean, wrestlers. So so I'm starting to come out of the woodwork, you know, here. And I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. You know, it's, 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 it's the people that still remember me because of the uh, old tapes they have, the old classic tapes. I guess I'm on there somewhere. And, I like to get a hold of some of those matches, you know, against Max Payne and all those guys I worked with down there. And I had some pretty good matches that people have never seen before, you know. 
Pretty cool. You're getting together with your old trainer, Eddie Sharkey. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah Sharkey's doing really good. You know, he's we we talk we talk every day, and you know, you know he's uh he's he's uh let's see what is he now? Eighty five years old, and um, they're after him to write a book, and I'm like Eddie, just do it, man. You know, all you gotta do is talk into a tape recorder. So I'm gonna help him along with that. There's some people. Uh, down in uh, Tennessee somewhere, he was telling me that they want to write a book about him. And he's always said no, because he's so modest, humble guy, you know, and he's, you know, nothing. <laughs> I was like, Eddie, does anything <laughs> get you excited, you know, um, you know, about wrestling? Because he's just like, it's no big deal, you know. He got all these guys into wrestling, and the list goes on and on and on, you know, so... A lot of good, a lot of guys came out of here in Minnesota. A lot of, a lot of the guys. Oh, there's actually insane amount. North Minneapolis. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, we we talk every day, and I don't really watch the wrestling on TV. Um, um, I just don't. I just want to visit with the boys. You know, some matches I'll watch, but not too many. You know, I, you know, I, I'm impressed with these young guys, man. They're great. The AEW. They. Wow, you guys are. I don't know if Jerry Lynn is training the head trainer down there or something, but yeah, that that looks like Jerry Lynn in there because Jerry Lynn was a really great worker. Um, him and uh, Sean Waltman were here. That's when Sean Waltman was the Lightning Kid, and Jerry Lynn, man, they had some really five star matches. And you know, we I always had to follow those guys. You <laughs> know, I, I was like, oh man, that's impossible. Just go out there and do your thing. You know, these guys were. So doggone good, you know. You know, I hope, I hope a lot of people can see Jerry Lynn, you know, his matches with DCW. Uh, he was, I mean, just crazy phenomenal, you know. All those guys were. It is uh, crazy to think, you know, how much awesome talent has came from Minnesota. Like I said, Jerry Lynn, Waltman, yourself, mm-hmm. the Road Warriors. I mean, oh, my God, the list goes on and on. Barry Darso, Rick Rude, Kurt Hennig. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it goes, it just keeps going, you know, and so, um, I got to train, um, uh, with, through Sharky's de- camp, and then I also got to get invited to Brad Rangan's school out, out here in the suburbs of Minneapolis, the western suburbs, and I was one of the few guys that was lucky enough to go out there and work out in the ring, like, um, say, Kurt Henning, he wanted to get in a little bit of shape and just do some stuff in the ring, uh, nails, you know, he'd, he'd I'd go out there and work out with him. Um, and all the guys, you know, just, it was a, it was kind of exclusive, you know. And the, the New Japan guys would come in, Masa Saido and Anoki. I got to meet him one time, and Don Fry. So yeah, man, it's I got to bo- go to both those schools, which was really cool. And I never had to pay for wrestling school either, so that was pretty good too. And Eddie told me not to tell anybody, but I'm spilling the beans tonight. <laughs> now how did you actually like get sh- like started with eddie sharkey like how did that come to fruition were you just a big wrestling fan or how did that all come together oh yeah i was a huge wrestling fan i i should have sent you this picture of, of me and eddie sharkey and me and my brother when i was eight years old we made our own tag team belts and actually it all started in chicago when i was five years old um this old lady used to keep me down there um and um Oh, yeah, I was five and six years old, and 
I, I, she wasn't talking to me that day. I heard her talking in the kitchen to my mom when my mom come pick me up after, after she got off work in Chicago there where I was born. And that lady said, you know, someday he's going to be a professional wrestler. So that's where that seed was planted long, you know, when I was long in the sixties, man, it was like, I was five. I was born in 63. Yeah. About 1968, 69. And there I, I started. Then I really studied the AWA when I came here. I, just, I mean, big wrestling fan, huge wrestling fan, you know. So I got to meet a lot of the guys, a lot of my heroes when I got into the wrestling, you know, like Wahoo McDaniel, Crusher, um, uh, let's see, Ray Stevens, Dick Bachwinkle, you know, I, I, and I got to meet with these guys, Mad Dog Rashawn, you know, all these cool dudes, man. So, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, I'd almost have to pinch myself sometimes. I'd be like, is this really happening? So, but I, anyways, it was a chance meeting with Eddie. I always knew I was going to be a professional wrestler. I just, it was there. I was going to do this. And um, just a chance meeting with Eddie Sharkey, and he kept coming. You know, I was working at the gym over here, playing basketball and whatever. And he uh, invited me to wrestling school, you know. And I was like, I didn't go, you know, first four or five times he asked me. And I finally went, and then I went, and like, geez, not even five weeks later, I had my first match, and I wasn't even ready, you know, but thankfully there's some good wrestlers here that, you know, took care of me in there. So that's unheard of, you know, four four weeks of training, and you get thrown right into the semi-main event. And after that, I, he, Eddie always put me in the main events anyways. You know, I kind of had that Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, it's, I'm going to wrestle who I want, <laughs> where I want, and... You know, we did a lot of Indian reservations and uh, opened up a lot of stuff there all over up this way. The casino, you know, opened up in the 90s. Uh, we always did really well. We always made money. And, um, geez, my last match was in 2006. It was me and X-Pac against Greg Valentine and this other local kid here. Um, I don't forget his name. Good worker. And that was my last match. I was 42 years old and... But it was a heck of a ride, you know, sitting here thinking about it, you know, for the last few years. I'm like, man, you know, I've been to Japan, Australia, New Guinea. I've never really done the East Coast that much. You know, California, you know, with AWF, with uh, Sergeant Slaughter and Tito and Bob Orton were running that deal there. And they used to use me a lot there. So, yeah, it was it was great. I got to wrestle, you know, wrestle Bob Orton Jr., who's just unbelievable. Yeah, and he was so good. And all those guys, you know. And, um, you know, I wanted to go to Japan and wrestle with, for a giant baba because I'm six foot six, mm, 280 pounds back then. And uh, I, w- I studied Terry Gordy a lot and Suruda and Tenaru. And um, me and Sam Houston uh, trained Bobby Duncan Jr. And he was he did really well over there too, you know. So, but I didn't get to, I didn't get into all Japan. It was really hard to get in there at the time. Johnny Ace was the Booker here, and um, you know I don't think he was that great of a wrestler in my opinion. I mean, you know I I was way better than him. But what are you gonna do? You know there was few jobs available back in that time period after the steroid era. You know it died down when I started wrestling in ninety two ninety three, and um. So it was a whole new phase coming in, and um, uh, I never would do the steroids, and I ain't got nothing against anybody that did. And um, but yeah, I just didn't do them. You know, I 
I think it's probably a good thing I didn't do them because a lot of my really good friends had heart problems later on and stuff, you know. And um, their schedule was so, I mean, crazy, crazy every night somewhere, you know, like the road warriors and all those guys. You know, I never seen them take steroids, but, I mean, I don't blame them if they did because their schedule was crazy, man, every night, every night somewhere. And I was on that for a while. I got to, when I was in WCW, I got to wrestle Chris Benoit on a couple of tours, Bobby Eaton a bunch of times. And, I mean, right there, it's like, wow, five minutes of 10 minutes of being in the ring with those guys. It was like, it's what I, it's didn't what I did know. It's what I didn't know, man. I, you know, I learned so much with these great wrestlers. And so, um, yeah, I forgot what I was talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a crazy day, man. Hey, you're just going through basically, uh, the great career, long, uh, illustrious yeah. career, but with you and, and Sharky, just to go back to that. So when he trains you, he puts you right into PWA. Like, is that the way it goes? Like, he ha- he had his own organization. He trained you, and then yeah. you basically, you know, you're learning on the job, so to speak. Oh yeah, big time. I mean, you learned how to take bumps um, um, in a really really hard ring, and you have to learn quick, or you're going to get hurt. So I cut on pretty quick, and I it was like only four weeks later, not even five weeks, I had my first match, and it was. 40 below um, in the wintertime here. And people on the reservation left their cars running. To, and we it was packed up on where I'm from in Red Lake. And um, I, was no, I wasn't ready to really wrestle that. I mean, I was nervous. I, I'm like, damn. But I wrestled T.J. Khan up there. And just, you know, just good guys took care of me in the ring when, you know, when um when I was really starting out, and then dances with wolves came out, so the Indians were popular again for a little while, you know. So I got everybody was calling me from all over the place, and I got tryouts with WWF, and um, um, I think I had five tryouts with them guys, and they Tatanka got the job, and um, good for him. He's a classy guy, you know. He's a good guy. He's a Lumbee Indian, and uh, I'm a Chippewa, Chippewa Charlie. Nice. How'd that actually come about, like the tryout with WBF? Is that through Eddie, or is that through just them calling you, them finding you? How do you get the tryout? Well, um, Eddie knew Blackjack Lanza, but the one, it is another great guy, Blackjack Lanza. You know, he, he was a good guy, but the one that really helped him was uh, Sheik, Sheik Adnan Al Casey. I worked with him um and right away he said, you know, you're you're really good in there. You're really, you know, he loved working with me. We, you know, it was a lot of fun. And um, right there in the job, you're learning. I'm in the main event with the Sheik Adnan El Casey. And ten years before that, twelve years, whatever, ten years, I was watching him in the bleachers. You know, so it was great. It was good. I always got to wrestle with the great with the great wrestlers. Who and the Sheik Adnan El Casey was Billy White Wolf. So he let me use his boots for the first two or three years until I finally could afford to get my own. And yeah, he's, you know, Adnan Al Casey is the one that took me right straight to Vince. And I got trials in Savannah, Georgia, and Macon, Georgia. And I don't remember the other places, really. Oh, man, I don't remember. But yeah, I think I had five or six, but I only worked five of them. Um, I was there the night Nails choked out uh, Vince McMahon in Green Bay. <laughs> 
Wow. T- tell us. Th- I mean, that's a legendary story. So what happened? Um, well, what happened was um, um, Nails, he was wrestling, uh, working a program with Big Boss Man. And um, they did Boston Gardens, uh, Madison Square Garden, where you're supposed to get a nice little chunk of money there from that, not just your money you're getting. So we were going over there, me, Johnny Nord, um, and Nails that day. And um, I didn't believe him. He said, I'm going to choke out. I'm going to get Vince tonight. You guys, you know, pretend you're pulling me off of him, but, you know, don't, not really. Just make an effort because I don't want you guys to get in trouble. So me and, you know, me and Nord were in there, you know. I, I don't think we could have pulled him off anyway. I don't think 50 pipe people could have pulled him off. He was one bad dude, man. Nails, nice guy, great guy, and I loved his gimmick. But uh, he just asked Vince, "How come my payoff is so low? It's ridiculous, like six hundred dollars." I seen, I seen it. I, you know, he showed me. I'm like, for Madison Square Garden? Are you kidding me? So he just asked Vince, and Vince got snotty with him. And some people you don't do that with, you know. And he's one of them. So he he did grab Vince, and he was really choking him in, and you know, <laughs> he let him go. So. Yeah, that was in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And um, we were coming, watching the door, so nobody else could get in there. Johnny North, me, and, um, oh, geez, I don't even remember who else was there. But, yeah, um, he got fired after that. So I worked with him a lot, too, Nails. Big, big guy, nice guy, tough. All the Minnesota guys, you know, Eddie taught us. First, you got to be a nice guy. you got to be a gentleman. Second, got to be tough. And then everything else will work out, you know. You can't have no prima donnas or nothing. It was really, you know, um, you know, we just, it was great. We had a good run there for a long time, like six, 17 years. I was gone for a few years. I went to Texas and worked on there. And uh, they had a little local TV around down there. To, uh, what the hell? Continental Wrestling. So, yeah, I wish I had some of those tapes. Really good. Me and Sam Houston. We teamed up together, and um, we did really well. We were sold a lot of T-shirts and everything, you know, on the side. And um, we, me and Sam ended up taking up. We went to Japan. He was actually my first tryout match with uh, WWF, and we really kind of looked really like we could be really brothers, you know. And uh, he was really a great performer in the ring, and uh, he had a bad reputation outside the ring. And, you know, he was judged harshly on that. And um, it wasn't fair, really. But yeah, he's he's one of the best. And my 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 uh, soul brother from down there in Monroe, North Carolina. I was just down there a few weeks ago visiting him. He's doing well. Um, he's still wrestling. I think he's going to be coming out to New York here again. Or he just got back. Uh, it's hard to keep up with that guy. He's all over the place, you know. So yeah, it was it was fun, man. Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi. Um, where else do we go? I've been I've been pretty much kind of all the states here and there. After Dances with Wolves came out, everybody wanted an Indian on a card, so I was pick my own spots wherever I wanted to go. I got to do road trips with uh, Baron von Raschke, um, a lot with him, and you know I I asked him one time. I was like ten matches into my career, and I asked him one time. He's such a nicest guy ever, you know, ever, Baron Von Raschke, the claw. And 
I asked him, I said, because he was going to Chicago. And I'm like, I was like, Baron, you know, how, how do I get booked on there? And he said, do you have a car? I'm like, yeah, I got a nice car. I was working in my job here. And I'm, I said, yeah, I got a nice car, um, Baron. He said, you're booked. <laughs> so I was, you know, I plus all that knowledge and stuff and driving and with him down the road and Kenny Patera. And uh, so, yeah, I got to learn from the best and I listened and I paid attention. So it was, it was, you know, I was lucky in a lot of, a lot of places, you know, wrestling is luck. A lot of it's luck and timing where you're at. So yeah, and, um, Chicago down that way. And it was, you know, it was a lot of fun. I was like, man, it was really cool. When you were in the WWF, I know it's only tryouts, but what was the gimmick? Like, what was your name? Just Charlie Norris. I know that I, I know that I couldn't wrestle as that and be a native. You know, I wanted to wrestle as uh, Charlie. Anything. Um, Chief Chief J Strongbow. Actually, my name was Johnny Three Rivers or something that one time, and I don't know. Strongbow just didn't like me for some reason, and. I don't know what the heck it was with him, you know. I just, he said I was too good looking to be a Indian, and I'm like, and I wasn't trying to be a smartass when he said that. And I'm like, well, I said, well, coming from a hook-nosed Italian, you know, um, well, I mean, you know, what you, you can be good looking and be a Native American, you know. So, you know, he took that personal, and that was. I still had tryouts after that. But yeah, he always had a hard on for me, man. Strongo, and I never got it. I never understood why. You know, it's, I I didn't smart. I mean, the boys liked it when I said it was kind of a joke. You know, everybody was laughing. But I guess I made myself look bad when I did that. Any little thing like that, you know, with the few jobs available back then at the big promotions, there was only four in the world: WCW, WWF, All Japan, New Japan. If you didn't make it to one of those groups, then you're a failure. And and uh, so I, I just started running my own shows, you know, with Eddie Sharkey at the casinos here and everywhere. And um, I did pretty well, you know. I mean, after WCW fired me, that's, let's see, that summer I made, uh, I probably made almost $60,000 that summer. So and still bringing guys in. I was flying in King Kong Bundy. Um uh, one man gang, gosh, me and one man gang must have wrestled, man, I don't know how many, 80 times, 100 times maybe. And um, we fit good there together in the ring. You know, he's he's a good old, he's a good hard worker and real snug, real snug wrestler, which I like it like that, you know. So, yeah, every night when my neck screams out in pain, I think about one man gang, big clubbing fists right in the back of my neck. <laughs> So, yeah, he was good, you know, a lot of brawls. Did really well with the one-man gang up here. Ah, who else? Oh, Samu. Um, Samoan Samu, I brought him in a couple times. I mean, you can't get any better than him. And um, we had some really killer matches. It was a lot of fun. And But, yeah, like I said, there wasn't that many jobs available after that steroid era came through. With the big with um, guys, the wrestling is changing. There was... Four promotions, like I said, if you didn't make it into one of those, then you're a failure. So, um, Adnan helped me get my trial to WWF, and with WCW, I kept sending tapes down there to Oli and um, and Dusty, and I just kept sending my tapes and my pictures, and 
finally always showed up at a show here one night and um we had a show at a VFW and there's really a lot of people there for a VFW. I mean it was really a lot of a lot of people there. It was like a big bar. So Oli walks in and he's he, I'm like, Oh my goodness, he you know, he said, I wanna come check out the Indian, you know, he told Shark and I'm like, Oh man. But I did really well and a couple weeks later he called me and I was laying on the couch, I just got off work. Him and Dusty called me up and uh um uh, would you like to have a tryout match with us? I'm like, sure. So me and Jeff Warner went down there, um, and uh, I got hired, I guess, and Jeff Warner didn't. And, uh, you know, he should have. He looked great. But, um, yeah, I got I got hired in uh, WCW, and then they brought me back to center stage, and I had a match with Rip Rogers. One of them really sucked on there, uh, that second match I had with him later on. He may try to make me look bad, which he was he was successful in doing. You know, he's nothing but a... Can you swear on here? Sure. Well, he's a stooge. He's a fucking stooge. Everybody knows that. So, yeah, they used to torture poor Rip Rogers, man. They'd be shitting in his bag, pissing all over his bag, and locking his bags to the pipes up on the wall or something. So I didn't have no pity for him. Then you know, if they, when the boys are doing that to you, then you're doing something wrong, you know. So yeah, and um, yeah, I got a I got a two year deal down there, and they um only got fired and or demoted, I should say, and then Bischoff took over, and that was the beginning of the end for WCW. This guy didn't have a damn clue about anything what he was doing, and um, I didn't even. Man, nobody told me that that Ole and them got fired. I didn't even know that. And uh, so I did, you know, I still kept doing my, my shows and wrestling for them whenever they called, you know. And I got over really good when I first went down there. My uh, first matches was with Max Payne. And, you know, he's a big, he's a big bad dude. And he was, you know, a good worker. And, um, yeah, I got over real good thanks, thanks to Max. And, you know, it was really good, you know. Um, that's how I started getting over in WCW. Then I got a contract and Ole got demoted and Bischoff wouldn't honor my contract. And I'm like, come on, you know, six, another, another eight, nine months, you know, can you, so I had to sue him to get my money and I won very easily. Jesse, Jesse Ventura was my star witness and, um, Sid Vicious two of one of my witnesses, whatever, and, you know, whatever they were trying to make me do to trying to tell an Indian how to be an Indian. So it wasn't, you know, Bishop just, yeah, I think she's track record speaks for itself. So you can let him listen to this, by the way, it's a great story actually for me. I, um, if he never would have fired me, I never would have had my daughter. I never would have met the lady that had my beautiful daughter. She's 25 now. And uh, as we were shaking, as me and my lawyer were shaking hands with Ted Turner's big, powerful attorneys, four of them, um, my daughter was born. At that moment, my daughter was born. And um, everybody was like, why are you suing? You're giving up your whole career. And I'm like, nah, well, there's nowhere to really wrestle anyway. I'll just go home and promote my own shows, you know. Vince already had Tatanka. And... Um, I just, I just did that. I did my own shows and, you know, I did pretty well, did pretty good there for a few years. And 
all the way to 2006, my last match, I made $15,000. So that was my show. Everybody got paid, though. Everybody got their money, and that was my last match. So, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, there's a lot in between stuff there. Kenny Petur, we went to Alaska together, some shows up that way, and Canada. And, um, no, Kenny couldn't go into Canada. Oh, that was after his beating up the cops this was before he beat up the cops i think or him and massa i don't remember I, as i know he couldn't get over the border one time he had to come back to winnipeg we were going and he couldn't he should have knew that though but, uh yeah you, you know kenny patero oh yeah of course yeah he's a good oh man he's a he's he's cool man i love kenny we're actually we're getting together next week and uh going out to lunch i got some uh I got some walleyes and some deer meat for him. I'm gonna give it to him. Yeah, he's still still doing this thing, Kenny. Man, it's a good dude. What did you think about them picking Tatanka? Did, I mean, you said you didn't have any problem with it, but like, was there a reason behind it? And what were your thoughts on that? I just didn't have the body, and um, you know, Strongbow. I was see that last one of my tryout matches. I think it was the last time. Um, me, it was me, uh, I was way in the back dressing room, and it was me, I think it was in Macon, Georgia, I think, it was me, Jim Helwig, and Kerry Von Erich, that, that was us left in the locker room, just, you know, I was taking a shower, and those guys were just, so when I was taking a shower, those guys were smoking some killer weed in the locker room there, and then when I came out, and I was drying off, and I was by myself then, you know, I said, shook hands with Kerry, and, uh, uh, Jim Helwig, and uh, here comes walking in Strongbow with all the marijuana smell in there. I didn't, I didn't smell. I wouldn't take that chance myself. But yeah, that was he really buried me after that. Um, so yeah, I could have, I probably could have done a little better, been more aggressive in my matches. But um, I don't know. It just didn't. It wasn't meant to be. But if Bischoff didn't fire me. I would never have my beautiful daughter today. She's a beautiful woman. I'm so proud of her. And thank you, Eric Bischoff, you motherfucker. Killed the business down there. <laughs> Why didn't he honor the contract? Why didn't he keep you around? Well, we were at Disney Studios one time. I was sitting in the hot tub with uh, Dory Funk Jr. and his wife, Marty. And we're sitting there in a the hot tub. And I was talking about going to Japan. And Greg Gagne, another guy who had a hard one for me. I mean, this guy just didn't like me from the beginning. And, you know, I always I always liked Greg Gagne's his wrestling. But for some reason, he just didn't get along with the boys around here. And a lot of, a number of guys will tell you that. You know, he's, he just, if they would, if, if Greg would have turned heel on his dad, Vern, back when, you know, all this, um, they were they were dead. AWA was just on there. If they would have turned him, they would just say that for at least another five year run. You know, and the guys wouldn't have to fly or go anywhere. We wouldn't have been home. But it would have been hard working for Greg Gunn. He was really a prick to me, anyway. And a lot of guys will say that. You can ask around. But he just didn't. I don't know what. And on Bischoff that night. Anyways, going back to the hot tub. Um, sitting there, and then Eric Bischoff says, um. I think I just got done wrestling Steve Regal that night. And I was sitting in a hot tub and um, talking to Dory because I wanted to get out of there. I wanted to go to Japan, you know. And Bischoff said, walked over to the pool, the hot tub. He said, can you come up to my room later? I'm like, yeah. But I didn't show up. You know, I met a girl or something. And um, 
I didn't go. And after that, he would never speak to me again. It had nothing to do with me. <laughs> so I guess any little thing like that, you know, will destroy you, you know. So, but yeah, he just didn't do it. And I filed a lawsuit and I won really, really quickly. And I knew my career would be pretty much over here in the States, you know, because, you know, you don't get that many chances, I guess, with some of the other guys. But, yeah, that was, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. And, and in Greg Gagne's case, their last show for AWA was, uh, we ran a show, and I didn't even, I wasn't, didn't know about going head-to-head with anybody or they're down the road. I'm like, yeah, cool. They had, I think, 18 people. And we had over 500 people at this show there. It was 18, let's see, 20, 22 miles away from them. And they had 18 people, and we had over 500. This was after they fired Sheik, Baron Von Raschke, Mad Dog Rashawn. So Eddie started using those guys. Man, we were drawing good, you know. So that was it. And I don't know if the, I could have all this time. What did I do to Greg Danya? You know, and I'm like, is that the only reason why? I mean, I didn't put them out of business. They're, they did that themselves, you know. <clears throat> so. I don't know. We after that we had a good run with those guys, man. You know, and to be around those veterans like that, I was very fortunate, very fortunate to meet those guys and learn. And but yeah, WCW was kind of a nightmare for me. And um, uh, it just, I just, I don't know. I wasn't happy there. I just, it just wasn't for me. I wanted out. So, but they wouldn't honor my contract when they fired me. They they fired Steve Austin and Mick Foley, I think, got his release, and they all got their big money, and they only owed me $130,000. You know, that's nothing to them. So I had to sue them to get my money, and um, I did. And the press was, uh, I was on the front page of the newspapers here. I think it says, um, Pro Wrestler Sues, American Indian Sues Pro Wrestling, or Sues World Championship Wrestling for... And they made a joke out of it, you know, the media that was for trying to make an Indian act like an Indian or something. It was a joke. So I'm like, you know, if they bring a trial up here to Minnesota, and Jesse told me to go for it. He said, go for a million. You're not going to get any work here in the States. I'm like, yeah, but they don't owe me a million dollars. You know, they just give me my little bit of money they owe me, and I'll move on. And, yeah, it was it was a hard time in my life, you know, right there. It was really hard. So as we were shaking hands, um, uh, with the lawyers and all that. That's when my daughter was born. So that was God's way of telling me that I did the right thing. Cause this was my whole life. I was, I looked for, I was going to do this, you know, and, um, it was, you know, I knew I was, I knew I was, unless I ran my own shows, I'm not going to get any work, which I did. So, but yeah, I, I didn't want to bring the trial up here to Minnesota with Dusty and all them guys. And I wouldn't want to do that to Dusty. I like Dusty Rhodes, man. And it, it would have, I would have won a lot more money probably, but I would have been kind of a joke too, you know. So I just wanted my money, yeah, but I got it real quick. And as I said, I, they give me the greatest gift I've ever had in my life is my daughter. And um, that's that. And I moved on. It was a hard time though. It was a hard time in my life. My All my dreams went down the drain. So. What did you think? Yeah. What did you think, like, of the the talent in WCW at at the time that you were there? Because you mentioned Max Payne, you guys had a feud. You mentioned Regal mm-hmm. and Cactus and Steve Austin. I mean, pretty damn good talent 
as far as uh, oh. that time period. Two Cold Scorpio, Scorpio. They had Benoit. They had. Uh, I mean, they had everything there. You know, I didn't think I didn't think that big fan Vader was. I didn't think he was as good as he thought he was. I mean, because I didn't see it at the at the when we wrestled in the bigger arenas. He wasn't no draw, you know. And wrestling was just was kind of dead. But they, for some reason, and I didn't like I didn't like Van Vader. Man, he he hurt a couple kids really bad. Every TV taping, he would just beat up beat up guys, and he'd come to the locker room and punch the lockers and kick the garbage cans, and we would just laugh at him, you know, geez, so who does this guy think he is? So I start, I nicknamed him the Vanilla Gorilla, <laughs> and uh, he uh, almost broke my neck on a pay-per-view. He made me look so bad. First time I've ever been knocked out in my life, on a live pay-per-view. It was me and Stevie Ray against him and uh, Mick Foley, and Harley was there, too. I love Harley. I did some trips with Harley on the road. But, yeah, he almost broke my neck that night. He battle really, Bowl, yeah. At Battle Bowl, yeah, that was it. He almost broke my neck. And, oh, man. And then he started getting after Stevie. I was laying there, you know, half out of my mind, just laying there. I'm trying to get it all together. Never been knocked out before. And, and uh, like, it was like kind of – and Stevie came in, and Vader took, on, took after him, and big Stevie – Hit him with a right uppercut and not brought near Vader down to I think one knee at least. But man, he took it out on me when, when Stevie Ray tagged me back, and he took it out on me. He was just jumping and landing on me and jumping and landing on me, and you know he just, you know, he was a bully. He was a fucking bully, and he hurt a lot of guys. But he wouldn't do that to Sting or Flair. Him and Flair could have had a good run, but you know he knocked out Flair's teeth and uh charlotte one night um you know i don't know he's just he should have went to mma if he's that that bad you know you know you give yourself give yourself to, um give your body to the other guy and he just destroys you nobody wanted to wrestle him nobody really liked him at all and um and uh paul orndorff that night when i came back from the ring i made it back to the dressing room and i was still half out of it and I just, I dropped on the one knee. I didn't want to, you know, let him know that he hurt me really bad, but it was pretty obvious. And uh, Paul Orndorff grabbed me and uh, he says, come here, kid. So we went behind over there and we talked. He said, I'm going to get this fat motherfucker one day. He, he said, I've had enough of this motherfucker. And that was his exact words. He said, I'm going to get him for you. He said, don't give up on your career. He said, don't, don't let this get to you, which it did kind of. And, um, but yeah, Orndorff did get get a hold of him that time, and um, Hegstrand Road Warrior Hawk called me. I think it was, or I seen him, or somebody told somebody, then they told me, and I'm like, yes, Mister Wonderful followed through because he hated he hated Van Vader because he was hurting people, you know, he's hurting a lot of people, and I heard about their fight from multiple people, and um, it was it was wonderful. It was I loved it, man. I loved it when he did that. So. Uh, I never got to thank Paul, I don't think. No, I didn't. I never got to thank him for that. But I, you know, through the other boys, I did tell tell, tell Paul, man, thank you, man. What a, what a tough guy, man. He was a badass. So Leon messed with the wrong dude, and that he wasn't he wasn't the one you mess with. And, and Paul, he comes up here hunting a lot, 
uh, him and Brad Rings used to go hunting a lot up here. So he loves Minnesota, loves the outdoors. So we had a lot in common. But man, I loved it when he did that to to Van Vader. I heard about it. I loved it, man. It was like, yes, revenge. What comes around goes around. Yeah, you heard that story from uh, Kevin Sullivan. And, uh, crazy, crazy. Yeah, he was right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Iron Sheik really does it. He, he was sitting there too. You know, <laughs> he was sitting right there, and it happened right there in front of him. He wasn't even wrestling for WCW, but he said he was trying to get a job, and um, and everybody was so happy that happened. You know, nobody was on Leon's side. You know. Nobody was on his side. Everybody was like, yeah, <laughs> the bully got taken down. And it's not nice to talk about people that have passed away. All I can talk about is is, is my my life and my career because I know that's true. You know, I know that's for sure that happened. But, yeah, that happened. I wish I had a tape of that, uh, somehow some kind of tape of when he, he just laid him out, man. I guess he just really kicked a field goal with his head. And Paul messed up his toes and all that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I don't want to talk too much about Van Vader. So as you're going through WCW, you get a win at Fall Brawl against Big Sky. You, Ice Train, and Shockmaster beat Harlem Heat and the Equalizer, Dave Sullivan, at Havoc 93. Like you mentioned, you, you're a part of Battle Bowl, which is in November yeah. 93. So you're in three pay-per-views in a row. So it doesn't, yeah. you know what I mean? It doesn't seem like they're not going to use you. And then all of a sudden they stop using you. Yeah. Weird. Like if they didn't want to use you, why would they use you on three paper, straight pay-per-views, you know? Well, that was, that was, you know, I had friends like Blackjack Mulligan, like I loved him so much. He was so cool. Um, um, let's see, it was Blackjack. I didn't really get to know Kevin Sullivan that good, you know, when I was there, uh, you know, um, he was on that board, and Grizzly Smith was on there, who was, you know, wonderful to me. I uh, lived with him for two and a half years down in Texas. Me and Sam were down there. We were never home, but, yeah, we got to stay there, and we got to really meet Jake Jake, and talk to him about the business. And he's a genius. Anyways, Jake, he was, I learned a lot. We used to move the furniture around in the living room, and he'd show us the easy, you know, real, this is little bitty things that were big things. So... I got to learn from the best, and I wish I could have had more TV time. But, uh, you know, like I said, there was, wasn't was that many jobs available then. Was wrestling was starting a whole new era. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what did you think about Steve Austin? Uh, I really sucked, and I made him look bad. Uh, we did a TV match one time, and I really sucked, and I'm like, man... I think, I don't know what happened. I think I separated my shoulder uh, or something. I wasn't full, my elbow or something. I didn't tell anybody. I still did the match. It wasn't, it was a horrible match, terrible. And um, and I apologize. He said, don't worry about it. Don't, you know. I was glad he he, he did really well in the business. He's He's a pretty, pretty nice guy, I thought. But, you know, he did well. You know, he worked hard to get that. And was your last match against Regal? Like you mentioned Regal. Was that the last match you had? No, that was uh, me and Eric Watts against the Nasty Boys. It was like four minutes, three minutes, four minutes. 
And, um, you know, Eric wasn't going to, you know, get pinned on TV because he was in Bischoff's clique, I would say. He was one of the kiss-ass um, guys. You know, the only reason he was there is because his dad got him, got him a nice contract. And um, because he was the shits, man, I had to team up with him, like, on three three different tours or something. And the fans are actually booing him. I remember in uh, Hammond, was it Bloomington, Indiana, one night, they were just booing him. When I'd come in the ring, they'd start cheering. And, you know, it was my fault. I wasn't even working the crowd. You know, he, they did, he did that to himself because he just didn't have it. He just didn't have it, man. And, um, you know, he was a big stooge. To me, anyways, he was, and you know, he I didn't, he just didn't get over very well with the people. You know, he just didn't have it. He had all the chances in the world, but yeah, I lost Nasty Boys three. I think it was four minutes on TV, and I said, I'll do this. I'll I'll do the job. I don't care. Um, you know, and he was like scared of the Nasty Boys. And I'm like, man, these guys are fun, man. I love wrestling with those guys. And uh, I that was my last match right there, and they kept paying me for. Oh, geez. I don't know, eight or nine months after that. I didn't even wrestle, and they were still paying me. You know, still working my independent shows. So, you know, I'd get my check with Ted Turner's name on it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I hated what Bischoff did down there and all the, he gave Hulk Hogan the keys to the vault. Dallas Page had a lot of, way too much influence than he should have had. Um, you know, it, there are certain guys that could just go in the office and say, here, Eric, this is what I'm going to do. And I have all the match, you know, the match, who I'm going to beat, who are this, who are that. Not too many guys had that luxury, you know. And I'm not a, I'm not a kiss-ass. I ain't a stooge. I shouldn't have to be. But, yeah, they really, they really destroyed that organization. And I blame Hulk Hogan. I blame Eric Bischoff and, you know, all his crew, Dallas Page, all of them guys. And, uh, you know, it's, it was horrible. A lot of jobs were lost there, you know, a lot of wrestlers. One of my best friends in my lifetime was Brad Armstrong, and they would never use him. I mean, come on, man, you know. So I, I got to hang out with Brad, Brad Armstrong a few years. We had a, so, much, so much fun. What a great guy, man. Really good guy. Any, like, cross paths or any experience with the Hulkster? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was nice. He was cool. Um, yeah, he was a really nice guy. He was cool. I guess I'd be cool, too, if I was making what he was making. You know, they were hot there for a while, man. Goldberg and all them guys, I loved it. It's good for the business, you know. Wrestling, good wrestling builds wrestling for the independent guys, you know. So, you know, they want to go see wrestling. But, yeah, I thought Hulk was ridiculous and some of the stuff they did down there, like with Goldberg, for instance, you know, they had, man, he was hotter than him, you know, and uh, I was already out by then, I was long gone and fired after that, but yeah, I didn't, I don't know, it's just, I just, I didn't like, I just didn't like it, and I think a lot of people will say that. Did you know Goldberg at all, or not Not really, just, no, just no, by name? Never, never met him. I liked him. I liked his intensity. Uh, I mean, he was super over, you know, from what I've seen, you know, on TV. But when they did that finger poke or whatever, I'm like, oh, you're kidding me, man. Was that was that Goldberg? I don't know. 
So Nash had to beat, beat Nash beat Goldberg via a cattle prod, really, and then the power bomb at Starcade. Oh, yeah. Then was, Hogan yeah, uh, a week and a day later, Hogan with the finger poke of doom pinned Kevin Nash, thus kind of killing Goldberg. So basically, what did Goldberg lose for if Nash is just going to lose by a finger poke? Mm-hmm. That's so stupid. That is so dumb. So many wrestlers, not only wrestlers, I'm talking about the ring guys, the security guys, the concession people. A lot of jobs went down the drain there because of them fucking idiots, man. You know, it, so it was so stupid. And it was such, it was so bad. And then they were, you know, they they took all the money and that was it. So I hope they enjoyed their money because they killed the whole organization that's been there for so many years. hundred years, maybe. And I don't want to talk bad about nobody. I'm just telling what I what I know, you know. I don't have no grudges against nobody. It's a long time ago. So where else did you work? I know you said you did go to Japan. You work for a smaller promotion out there? Yeah, um, Yoshiaki Yatsu. He was in the 68 Olympics. And he was pretty, he was pretty, pretty well-known over there in Japan. And me and Sam went over there together five times. And then I won by myself, I think, six times. So me and one man gang, and who else was here? Rod Price, another class act, great guy, love him. Um, there were a few guys from here in the states used to go over there, and uh, you know, do four weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And finally, I said, man, I'm sitting out there one time in a hotel in Tokyo. It was Christmas. And I was just like, what am I doing here? You know, I should be home with my daughter. And uh, I, that was, I said, I had enough of Japan. I seen it, seen enough of it. But we did really well there. And, uh, well, you know, selling our T-shirts. I'd sell my bandanas and pictures and all this. So did pretty well. Did really, really good, you know. And there's a lot of independents over there when I was over there. There's like 50 of them, you know. But yeah, I wanted to get in there with Giant Baba and then that group, and it just didn't work out. Did you ever try to get back in there, or you just said, "Oh, I'll work for uh, Yatsu instead"? I tried. Yeah, I sent Johnny Ace my tapes, and uh, um, yeah, a bunch of times, and just nothing. So I never, never got a tryout with him. Their officials did come to a show one night there in Japan. Um, all Japan, they they came to see. I didn't know they were there to check me out, and uh, they liked me. They said we like your fighting style, because it is more aggressive over there, and I like that too. You know, as long as it's clean. So, but man, it just didn't work out. You know, you prefer the uh, the stiff, snug style of Japan. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Especially all Japan, you know, they were real good. I think I would have fit better in there because of my height, you know. Big Dan Spivey was there. You know, guys, big guys, you know. A lot of big guys. And Road Warriors were really over in Japan. Oh, my goodness. They were like, you know, man, I don't know. Rock stars, maybe. <laughs> you know, really huge. Big Scotty Norton, another guy here from Minneapolis. He was there making big money. And um, so, yeah, I wanted to go there, too, but I wanted all Japan, especially, and this never got the shot. 
So as we start to wind it down, we head towards the finish. Where's like the fit, most favorite place you've ever worked? Would it be for uh, Eddie Sharkey in Minnesota? Um, yeah, because I had my own, you know, I I could, I didn't, I picked out, you know, who I was kind of like Hulk Hogan around here. I picked my, picked my, my, uh, who I wanted to wrestle because they were on Indian reservations and I wanted to look good. I wanted to look good around here. People still remember that. Um, probably here. Yeah. You know, an AWF or what was it? American Warriors of Wrestling or something mm-hmm. with Sergeant Slaughter and then we're for a few years there that was, that was good exposure and you know i they put me over strong uh it was it was a good you know at least i had a little bit of tv going in people knew a little bit about me anyhow so it was yeah but i'd say here where i had you know did what i wanted <laughs> so who's some of your favorite matches or maybe even some of your favorite opponents that you've had throughout your career Oh, uh, let's see. The guy here in Minneapolis, his name is the Hater. He was he was uh, uh, from around here. Good heel. He should have got a break somewhere, but he didn't. Um, uh, of course, Benoit and Bobby Eaton. Uh, let's see. Oh man, there's just so many of them. Uh, Samu, the Samoans. Them guys fought too, and Samu. Them guys were great. I mean. Oh, it's just hard to remember right now. It's a long time ago. Is this 2021? Yeah, that was like 27 years ago, maybe 25, 24 years ago. I think my last time going to Japan was 1999. I think. Outside maybe. of the um, outside of the concussion from Vader, did you have many injuries in in the business? Yeah, a lot of concussions. A lot of concussions. Uh, I wrestled Hercules down in Florida and. Uh, he wasn't happy about losing to me, and he just he showed up like five minutes before we were about to go on, and we didn't get to do talk about nothing. And I separated my shoulder there, knocked it out of place, and um, it was it was horrible. You know, it's like man, Tito, I you got to put me in there with someone I can work with, Bob Bob Orton or somebody, man. You know, this guy's I like Hercules, I love the guy, but it, it just sometimes when guys don't want to put over to the new younger guys you know and i was thinking man who put you over when you started you know come on you know wrestling builds wrestling and but uh, i love her he's a good good guy you know i just didn't want to lose to me i guess i don't know politics <laughs> the politics of wrestling yeah unbelievable unbelievable but yeah it's you know i did all right i did okay I think back in the 70s, I would have been a huge star. <laughs> Even though I didn't care about being a star and being famous, I didn't care about that. You know, I just wanted to wrestle. And, and um, I was a youth counselor prior to going down there to Atlanta. And uh, that only made me a better counselor because the kids, the hardcore gang members, we worked with them on the streets back back then before I went down there. And um, so, I, you know, I had my, my lead into... Uh, to talk to these hardcore guys, you know, they say, Oh man, he's a pro wrestler. So I worked to help my, uh, my, uh, counseling with these young guys around here. A lot of them didn't have dads growing up and a lot of them had FAS and all that. And, uh, it's just, yeah, I was a good, and I still am today. I'm retired now. I can't, I can't work because of my disability and all that money I get from that. And, uh, but 
you know, it's, it's, uh, it was, it really helped out a lot. It, 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 I touched a lot of people, you know, on the reservation where I'm from, you know, because it was unheard of, you know, to be on TV and all that. It wasn't no big deal to me, but to others it was. Still to this day, I get treated with really, like, say, Joe Fraser. Was he from Philadelphia? Joe, Joe Fraser. Yes. Joe Fraser. Yes, sir. See, like, Joe Fraser. I don't like that time of Joe Fraser type around here, but not that. You know, but people, you know, they remember me. It's the natives, man, love it. They still remember me. So, but I can't, I can't, they want me to work in the spring. There's a match they got booked up here and I can't, I can't wrestle. I just, you know, I can't, I just can't. I'm not going to, I'm 225 pounds right now. And I was 290 back then. And I, I found that I had uh, diabetes back in 2009. So I, Quickly, I stopped drinking alcohol, and um, I lost 70, I see, about 60, 70 pounds. And I got diabetes today still, but it's I got it under control with my diet and everything. So, yeah, I'm, I, I don't want a hard look on TV right now. I'd probably look like, um, I hate to say it, Sam. <laughs> Sam Houston on TV, you know, he was really a skinny guy. When he was, but, you know, he was, I'm not trying to bury my brother. I love him. So yeah, but I I don't know I would I wouldn't fit in today. Two hundred twenty-five pounds, six foot six. Look, I don't know. I wouldn't look that good out there. Do you have any regrets in the business looking back? Mm. Yeah, probably. Uh, uh, I should have got out of WCW sooner than I did. Just tell him. Just you know, I'm just fired. Just. I don't want to get paid no more. Just keep your money, and I'm going to just go home. But I just stayed around and got kind of lazy, and I wouldn't, you know, I'm just getting the money from him because I was so let down and so depressed. I didn't know about that politics and the stooges. We never had that problem up here, you know, because we'd just beat them up, you know, and just they wouldn't, they wouldn't last. No stooges, you know, it's just like that. And uh, just, I, I wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have, went on WCW. I don't know where I would have went, but, you know, I or I would have left sooner. I would have left when, you know, when Ole and them got demoted. When you just look back at your career, what's like the the stamp or, you know, like the legacy of Charlie North? Mm, let's see. Well, it helped me become more of a role model for uh, the Native Americans here. Um, and uh, it helped that. It, it really helped out a lot. Uh, it made my job easier working with these kids. And like I said, like today, I'm like a youth minister on the, tr- on the streets here in Minneapolis. And it's, uh, you know, it's still today. People still, they can YouTube me. And I'd like to see some of my matches, you know, um, more of my matches. And then I could really show people more, you know, but I think Vince owns the rights to all of that right now. I don't know. But I'd like to get some of those matches. My my stamp would be, uh, well, just making it to just making it at WCW would probably be it. You know how hard I worked for my whole life, you know, to do that and to get such a letdown is, you know. But I I overcame that and I still did really well. So 
um, for me, I did well. I mean, I didn't make millions of dollars like a lot of the guys did back in the 90s and 80s. And a lot of those guys are broke now. And, you know, they don't have that much. You know, a lot of them guys, they just don't have no... They didn't think about the year 25 years later, I guess, when they're making all that big money. You know, they didn't save it or whatever they did. So, you know. Yeah, it's true. Unfortunately, yeah, that is very, very true. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to someday. You know, I might have a chance to get in some act, do some acting here, and I don't. I don't care about being famous or being a movie star, but uh, I'd like to. I'd like to get um, like a nursing home type deal, like a a place for the old time where the restaurants can be there. You know, um, the ones that are having hard times and hard luck. You know, to 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 give back to them because we really do put your you know we put our bodies on the line. You don't feel it when you're young, but believe me, to now I'm 58 years old. I I feel it now. <laughs> I played college basketball too, and that didn't help my back out anyhow. I could run and dunk like you know, with the best of them, and I played some college ball. And uh, I think just being putting a stamp on it, I would say just to make it to their, to that level when there's such few jobs available back then. You know, I think my big boot, I think I had the best scissor kick in wrestling. The big guy, watch him. I nailed him pretty good. He's a good guy. Nice guy. Liked it. I, you know, but, um, just making it there, you know, and it helped me be a better counselor and make, make the job a little easier. I got the respect to the hardcore guys on the street. And right now, Meth and heroin is just decimating people, not only on our tr- on our lands, you know, sacred tribal lands, but every everybody, it's all over the world. So it's a scary time we're living in, brother. No doubt about that. Not not a great time. No doubt about it. Yeah. But as far as you, you know, Carmine. Well, you go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know who Carmine. Who? Carmine Despirito. Is that his name? Promoter. Carmine. He's. He's got a cop podcast on there um, somewhere. But, yeah, he's he's a cool dude. I think he does a lot of stuff on the East Coast over there. I used to, anyway. Yeah, Carmine, he's got a podcast. I had a lot of fun on his podcast, and it was a great time. Was, yeah. As far as you, do you have any plugs or anything? Do you do social media, anything like that? Well, you know, I don't, I'm not very... Um, good on computers and you know all that but i do gotta start and uh sam sam my partner sam houston he's he's uh he's got a bunch of stuff set up for me and you know just getting out there and being heard like i am here tonight i hope you know some people can hear this and you know i'm available to do stuff benefits and uh, stuff like that you know some signings get back out there absolutely hell yeah hell yeah i'm not hard to find you know, get a hold of Eddie Shark here, or me or somebody, Sam Houston, get a hold of him. <laughs> so, I mean, this it, you can find me if you wanted me. Charlie, I'd like to thank you so much for all the time tonight. Uh, appreciate it. Great stuff. Yeah. I wanted to get it all in, you know. I'm talking too fast, but I'm watching the clock. Time flies <laughs> when you're having fun. You yeah, know? yeah. Hey, you got you got a good stuff in, though. That, that's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, if it was a three hour interview, I could probably go a little slower, <laughs> but I really appreciate you're a really good guy. And I really appreciate it. And I hope uh, wrestling fans will appreciate what pro wrestlers did to put their bodies through to entertain them. You know, like I say, most wrestlers I know were self-destructive in that sort of kind of way, you know, and, and it's, you don't feel it. Like I said, till you get older, you start, and especially in the winters up here, the cold winters, the arthritis, you can feel it. Yeah. Oh, it's bitter cold up there. It's a little too cold. <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted to go out there to New Jersey, man. Is that where you're at? Yes. Yeah, I always wanted to go there, man. I never got to go up that far. Furthest I've been was Hartford last, whenever I did it a couple of weeks ago, I just did a little signing there. And um, some beautiful pictures this guy had made. Tatanka had a bunch of them, two of me and him, together in Wahoo on the same really nice 8 by 10 glossies. So if anybody wants uh, some shirts or pictures, hit me up. <laughs> all right, Mr. Norris, thank you again. Great stuff. Really yeah. appreciate it all the time. Thank you so much. All right, my man. I'll talk to you anytime. Call me. Well, do you have yourself a great night. You too, brother. Thanks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.